All right, let's get into the Word. We're going to be going to John chapter 10, and I'm going to read verse 10. One verse. I appreciate your prayers through the sickness that I had. This is the words of Jesus himself, and uh, many study Bibles, you'll find the words written in red to show it is the words of the Lord. It says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they may have life. Everybody say life. life. And that they might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Abundantly. My Lord. The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for your word. Thank you for the anointment filling the house. For the next few moments, speak to us, God, from your word. Touch our hearts and our lives that we may be willing to make a change and live our life. That will please unto you. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Let the church say, Amen. Amen and Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to talk today on the subject matter, the thief which which is stealing our lives. The thief which is stealing our lives. All Americans today have the date 9-11 frozen in our psyche, in our mind. I would venture to say about everybody in here knows where you at and what you was doing on 9-11 when you heard the news. It was just like it was in Back in the sixties, I, I, I was just a, I was just a schoolboy, but I, I remember sitting, sitting in the classroom looking out, and all of a sudden, a teacher along with two students going out and lowering the flag to half mass, and a couple of kids in the class asked the teacher why they're lowering the flag, and they said uh, President Kennedy Kennedy just died, was assassinated. I, I remember that, even though I was a boy, it made an indelible ex- place, memory in my mind. 9-11 is frozen there for many of us. One reason, because when we think about 9-11, we think of three, over 3,000 over 3, people who lost their lives in a moment of time that we will never forget. Moms and dads and childrens and grandparents who got up and go home, got up and left home to go to work, but never came back again. Over 3,000 of them. But the terrible tragedy of that horrific event represents that day there. There's something far worse that hits this nation every day. 
And let me stop and say, every year at this time, you hear me talk about this, and as long as I'm able to preach and talk, I'm going to talk about it. 9-11 was terrible. Over 3,000 lives lost was horrific and terrible. But today I want you to focus on a tragedy that hits this country, not, 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 just, one, not just one time on 9-11, but every day a greater tragedy. Every single day a silent horror kills more Americans than were killed on 9-11. Because in this country, it's estimated an average of 4,400 innocent lives are slaughtered. Every single year, this silent horror kills about as many Americans that has been killed on all the battlefields and all the wars in U.S. history combined. The silent horror is called abortion, and it is a national disgrace. Overall, more than 50 million babies have been slaughtered since Roe v. Wade was decided in 1973. We have become a nation with so little regard for human life that we now think it's acceptable and this was a warning back then. They said, no, it never happened in America. Well, guess what? There's so little regard for human life because we have become desensitized since 1973 that now there's a growing population of Americans and it's beginning to happen. It has happened. It happened in 2014. But now more and more people think it's acceptable to allow doctor-assisted suicides. It has taken place. It is happening. Euthanasia. We do think now, and as the discussion went about our nation's health care, and denials were, were made that it wasn't true, but it, is, um, but it has since been found out and proven and put and showed the black and white on the paper that it is true, that our health care system the more and more as it, uh, that it, it gets in to finally, sooner or later, right down, down the road, we all will be connected to one health care system. There will be death panels that people will decide. If you get a certain age, they'll be decided whether or not, well, you've already lived long enough. You've had a good long life uh, already. We'll just give you a little pain pill to help you out and go ahead. It's all part of a culture of death that's taken over this nation. But I'm here to tell you today, amen, that life is special. Life is important. God is the one who gives life, and He is the only one that has the right to take it. 
Nobody has that authority. But I'm telling you where the, the, the heart, heart of this problem is goes all the way back to the beginning, to the very first sin. When the devil, amen, wasn't the devil, when he was an angel in heaven and he was called Lucifer and he was in charge of the, the worship in heaven. He was over the angels that gave worship in heaven. And the Bible said there was not another angel in heaven, amen, compared to the beauty of Lucifer. And I tell you what happened. Lucifer let it all get to his head and he began to think, well... I can put myself in the seat of God. I can rise myself up above the throne of God. And that's what people are still trying to do today, even though it got the devil kicked out of heaven. When people try to make a decision who lives and who dies, they're putting themselves in God's stead. It's not my right. It's not your right. It's all in God's hands. Now, I understand that a lot of times as a boy growing up, my mama would beg to differ with me because more than one time I was told by my mama, I said, listen, boy, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. <laughs> but, 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 but we, we, we're not talking about that. I love you. <laughs> I, I, I believe there's a few other people been told that here this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. But I want to talk, I'm talking to you today about a thief. And that thief is after your life. He's a destroyer. He's a liar. But he's also dangerous. Do not think that you can outwit him. You can't, the only way that you can go against the enemy is through the power of Jesus Christ. But if you got Jesus, you can beat him. Why do I say that, Sister Tina? Because the Bible says, greater is he that's within you. Hallelujah. There, think about that. There's more power than you than all the power of all the gates of hell. Greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. Woo! Glory! My. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about a couple things. Number one, God desires all to have everlasting life. He not only wants you to have life and to have it more abundantly is what we talked about, but God desires you to have everlasting life. John chapter 6 and verse 27. Jesus says, Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you for him hath God the Father sealed. You see, as I told you a while ago, that bottle of water when dropped in the ocean is no significance. And no matter how long that you are allotted here on this earth, it's, that lifespan is no significance. But God wants to take you somewhere beyond that. He wants to take you beyond this veil of tears and sorrow that we deal with daily. 
God says, death is not what I designed in the beginning. Hallelujah. When God created Adam and Eve, I don't know how long they lived before the fall. The Bible doesn't say. But ever how long it was, they, 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 they may have lived 50, 60, 100, 200, I don't know. We don't know how, how, many, how many years before, before the fall, the Bible don't say. But during all that time before they disobeyed God, they never knew what a runny nose was. They never knew what a sore throat was. They never knew what a bellyache was. Things like cancer, leukemia, all these other kind of things. My Lord, think about it. Hallelujah. Death was nowhere in the picture. God did not have a desire for you to die. That's why he gave them the warning. He said, please, do not come near this one tree in the garden. I don't want you to get close to it. Don't, don't, don't come near it. Don't partake of it. Don't, don't touch it because the day that you do, you're going to die. And God says, I don't want that. I created you to have life. I created you to have it more abundantly. I want you to live in a life without pain and sorrow, without sickness and death. But men, as we do, we get off on our own track. We do our own thing. And we brought this stuff down upon us. God had nothing to do with it. This junk, sometimes people say, if God is a God of love, well, God ain't done nothing and allowed nothing. It's all my fault. It's all your fault. The blame's on us. But even though I messed up, even though we've all messed up, God loves life. He created life. Death is an enemy. The Bible says that the Bible says that's the last enemy that's going to be destroyed. The Bible says the last enemy that's going to be destroyed is death. God is looking forward to the day that he can destroy death. God's looking forward to the day that he can take death and hell, cast them in the lake of fire. Death in the grave, cast them in the lake of fire. He loves life so much. He wants you to have everlasting life. But he don't want you to have everlasting life in a world of sorrow, pain, sickness, and fear. So he's created a place called heaven. Streets are paved with gold. The gate, one, the, the gate of the city, that whole, the whole big gate is made of just one pearl. Hallelujah. No sorrow, no sickness, no pain, no suffering, no death. No IRS. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. No Republicans or Democrats. Thank God. Hallelujah. And so Jesus came 
on a mission. Here's, here, here, here's the thing. God didn't look over at somebody who was sitting next to him on the throne beside him and say, somebody needs to die. I don't want to do it. You go do it. The Bible says that the blood that was shed on Calvary was the blood of God. God, the Creator, robed Himself in human flesh. God became a man. So He could, see, as God, He couldn't die. He had to become a man so He could feel pain and so He could die. And he don't want nobody else to go through all that stuff. So he loved you enough. He loves life enough. He loves eternal life that he made a way that you can live forever with him. He said, I'm coming to the earth. I'm laying down my life. I'm shedding my blood. I'm going to be hung up for all those people's hang-ups. My Lord. Man, I, I, I'm feeling in the house today. Hallelujah. I, I, hey, I, I'm, I'm not, I may not, not, not be going 90 miles an hour, but I am right now. I'm basking in the Spirit of God. I, can, I, can, I, I, I feel it all over me. <coughs> the easiest thing that you can do in this world is to get yourself set up for heaven. It's not hard. It's not difficult. The Bible said the ways of a transgressor is hard. As long as you're out there in the world running your own life, doing your own thing, your life is going to be hard, you're going to be miserable, and it's all going to be always coming against you. But when you say, I'm going to take Jesus, let him into my life. Woo! Hallelujah! It's going to change. Mm. I didn't tell you that you would never have no more problem. I'm telling you, you'll have somebody to fight your battles for you. Hallelujah. Who's fighting for you now that really matters? Jesus is the one who I want in my corner. Hallelujah. We used to go at the old fairgrounds before they burnt down in the 60s, and the old building down there, and they had, uh, uh, had wrestling back in those days. And my, my parents loved, loved that stuff, and we'd, we'd go. This was, them, them were back in the days. I'll, I'll, I'll probably throw some names out that uh, nobody, nobody knows, but them were, the day, them were the days of the Fargo brothers, Jackie Fargo and doing that strut. Lynn Rossi. Haystack Calhoun. Hallelujah. Haystack Calhoun, he was a little bit bigger than you, fella. Hallelujah. And they'd have him tag team matches. One of them be out there, man, and they'd just, I mean, just tearing them to get all the pieces and all that stuff, and 
Uh, you you better not you better not tell my mom and dad it was it was fake and phony, you know. But daddy won't hear that. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was sitting down front one time and I seen one of them drop their little blood capsule. <laughs> come out of come out of the trunk. He was going to get it to hit his head up there, you know. And it, but it wasn't rolling down. So I, I seen that <laughs> going going rolling down there. But anyway, man, they'd just get out there and do all that show and finally hit men fight and crawl. And that guy standing up there in the corner, what tag me, tag me, tag me, boy. And then finally he'd get over there and reach him, man. He'd come over the top of those over those ropes and man just go to town. Well, guess what? I'm gonna tell you something. Hallelujah. Brother Brother Darrell mentioned a little bit. I talked a little bit at the fellowship meeting about what I preached down for Brother Swan. Hallelujah. There and I didn't mention this I didn't mention this last night. There have been a lot of times I felt like I was out in the ring by myself. Hallelujah, man. I was being knocked this way. I was being knocked that way by the enemy and everything he had to lay for me. And I'm looking over there, and there standing in the corner was Jesus Christ. And here I am reaching. I'm a reaching, glory to God, because I know I can't survive. Hallelujah on my own. Lord, God, so I'm stretching, I'm stretching, I'm stretching. Finally, I take Jesus. He jumps in the ring, glory to God, and he whoops up the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are you saying, Brother Sammy? I'm saying Jesus is standing in your corner. He's got his hands stretched out this morning. He's saying, come on, touch me, tag me. Tag me. Tag me. Hallelujah. I'm in your corner. Hallelujah. I'll pick it up where you can't. I'll carry you where you can't. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody please listen to what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell to a heart this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. He'll stand in your corner. Amen. He'll take the blows for you. Amen. Hallelujah. I ain't saying that you won't get knocked down, but glory to God, you won't ever have to get knocked down. Hallelujah. If you got the Lord in your corner. One more point, and I'm going to close. I talked about God's desires for everybody to have everlasting life. I want to close up by saying this. All life has significance. All life has significance. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 21 through 23. This is what the Apostle Paul said. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the hand to the feet, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Oh, how beautiful that is. How beautiful that is. See, today on this sanctity of human life, there's a lot of people who think, All 
all the people who are sick or elderly, they're not important no more. They can't contribute no more. But all life is important to God. Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. Hallelujah. All life is important to God. Those elderly people in that nursing home that they're going to be going to this afternoon. There's a lot of people don't think much of them. Some of those folks have got family members that's put them there and forgot about them. But sis, God's going to bless you because those people there are kings and queens in the sight of God. They may be bedridden. If they can get up and walk at all, they might have to walk on a walker. But they're important to God. God loves every one of them. And what we've got to do as a church and as a people, we've got to quit looking at folks and say, well, I, I just, I, I can't connect with that because we're, we're of a different language or a different culture or a different color. God is the Father of us all. I got a close friend of mine. I, I worked with him for years at State Stove in Ashland City. And he, uh, he was a Baptist minister. And we worked together, and every time we'd get with sit and talk the Bible and, and everything, and he, he, was, he, he was one of my good black brothers. And man, we were close. He had me come preach for him. And uh, I was there, and he was working, and and I was standing talking, watching him work. <laughs> and while he was working, he did something. He 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 cut a finger or a hand or or whatever, and uh, uh, he started to bleed, and he he had to uh, he had to get something. And, because he was bleeding. And uh, as he was taking care of it, you know, I, I, I was looking at him, and, and I took my finger, man, I, and I had this funny look, and I was, I was scratching, scratching my head like that. And he got his attention. He said, he said, what's the matter with you, man? I said, you bleeding? He said, yeah, I cut myself. I said, but your blood is red like mine. <laughs> <laughs> Big old smile come on his face. He said, Preacher, get on out of here. You won't do. But see, that's what the Bible says. God, the Bible says, God has made all men of one blood. You might not like it, but the same kind of blood we all made with, sweetheart. Lord, and if you can't live with it down here, you ain't going to be with it up there because we're going to be one in Jesus. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, everybody's talking about racism. The first place racism needs to stop is at the church house. Hallelujah. God ain't got no white church. He ain't got no black church. He ain't got no English church, no Hispanic church. Hallelujah. He's only got one church, and it's 
And if we could ever get that message across, <laughs> what, we, we could, what we could see could happen. God. Hallelujah. What we could see. All life is important to God. God. The thief which is stealing our lives. Think about that. Please think about that. The devil, he's after. I gotta, I've got to say one final thing. Man, this thing gives me fits. Hallelujah. Brother Penrod said something last night that was powerful. One of the most powerful things I have ever, ever heard from the pulpit. I love to take credit for it, but I can't. But Brother Penrod made a statement. He said, you know, the devil, the serpent, when God cursed him, he said, on the ground you're going to crawl. He says, and you're going to have to eat dust. I said back, yeah. That's what the scripture said. But then Brother Penrod took it further, and he says, you know what you and I are? He said, that same God that told the devil, you're going to eat dust, told Adam, he says, for dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return. So you wonder why the devil gets you so, gives you so much trouble. He was made to eat dust. And that's what you are. And the devil feeds off of your fear. He feeds off of your worry. Ain't that powerful? Man, I'd love to hear him preach that message. Hallelujah. He feeds off of all that stuff. So what we have got to do is to get ourselves totally in Christ. Hallelujah. Where we won't no longer be considered dust. We are children of the King. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.